on, let's bow our heads because we need to get into the word and, and God's got something to say. Father, I thank you for these magnificent people who have made the effort to be here, Lord, today. And I pray you would reward them by, Lord, just, just speaking to them individually, encouraging their spirit, helping them to grow so that we would all leave this place, Lord, today being a little bit more like Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Well, we are headed straight into Easter. You guys, I've noticed you've got your Good Friday service and you've got your Easter services coming. And it's definitely that season. And I just thought it'd be appropriate, you know, in, in light of that, um, to sort of focus a little bit on that. And there's a, a story that has always fascinated me. And we find it in Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. And then I'll give you the title of the message, if it hasn't already come up anyway. Um, it says, as Jesus and his disciples, is it up there? Yep, you're reading with me. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus, did you go there, Pastor Mark, by the way, to the Mount of Olives? Yes. Yes, of course you did. You, yeah, of course you did. Jesus sent, a few times now, uh, Jesus sent two of them on ahead. And this is what Jesus says. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter, enter, as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there and no one has ever that no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here if anyone asks what are you doing just say the lord needs it can everyone say that with me the lord needs it and will return it soon for those of us who know the fulfillment of this story we know that this is the donkey that jesus then rides into what we call palm sunday this is the donkey where people started to throw down their jackets and they had palm branches and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. This was that donkey. And when you read this story, I think what becomes obvious is that Jesus had a plan and a purpose for this donkey. He knew its location. He knew its situation. He knew its qualification and the, probably the most important part is that he knew that he needed it. You know, that's the only time you read in the Gospels where Jesus needed anything. He needed, I mean, that makes sense. The Son of God doesn't need anything. But no, apparently he needed this donkey. And this is my message to you today. If Jesus had a plan and a purpose and he needed a donkey, then I reckon he's got a plan and a purpose for your life and my life and I would say if he needed a donkey then he needs us as well can we all agree if he needed a donkey then he probably needs us and I just love that this donkey was tied up and he was unqualified and the title of my message is that you know what you know what I believe God wants to do with all of us today he wants us to be untied although we are untried so say that to the person beside you get untied even though you're untried. Come on, guys. We all know that God's desire for us is not to just be Christians. Please, please, I hope you would know that his deepest desire is not that you would just be his child. To be honest, that's the easy part. We all know that he said that he has called us to have fruit and then some more fruit and then much fruit so that then we can have everlasting fruit. Come on. We're not just called to be Christians. We're not just called to be saved and then do nothing. 
If that was the whole principle of the story, then the day we would get baptized, we would literally vanish and go home to heaven. But no, apparently we're supposed to stay on the earth and there's a whole lot of work to be done and I'm not going to let a donkey outdo me. If that's okay with you guys. Come on. And so here's here's the challenge. This donkey was willing to be untied. Come on. He was tied up to a post. I'm sure he was really satisfied, maybe, with life. He, was, he had his own drinking trough. He, 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 had his, he had his food. He was maybe used to the sights. He was looking at the amount of olives. Like, I mean, he had a pretty good life, right? And, but he was tied up to a post. And when these two disciples came to untie him, he could have easily reared up onto his back legs and said, leave me alone. But thank God that this donkey was, be, was willing to be untied. And here's the question to all of us today. Are you willing to be untied? Or are you so tied to your current life, your current everything, let's be honest. For some of us, God is calling you to be a, a, a small group leader. But you're so tied to, I don't know, whatever show you're watching. Now, come on, we can easily be tied to things. We're so tied. And here's God, the God of the universe saying, I need... Now, please, hear my heart here. Okay, don't just take this sound bite. But God is saying, I need some donkeys. Are there any donkeys in the room? Because he needs a few donkeys. But you know what? In the same way, he is releasing a disciple to come to this town to untie some donkeys. Are you willing to be untied is the question. Or do we just come into church? Now, please, I'm I'm an uncle to the house, okay? I'm not the dad, but I'm certainly an uncle. And I'm being a good uncle right now. And I'm saying to you guys, come on. He's got a plan and a purpose. But we're so tied to our insecurities. We're so tied to the past. We're so tied to the, I tried that, it didn't work. We're so tied to whatever mentality we've got. But today's the day that we're going to allow ourselves to be untied. If you believe what I'm saying, give the Lord a huge round of applause. Come on, we all know the passage of Scripture. And for the sake of time, we're not not going to read it because we know it. It says that we have all been saved and called to be holy. And that word holy frightens us sometimes. But literally, if you look up the word, it means to be separated for a purpose. So if you're saved in this room, I've got some great news for you. You're also called. Actually, you are not that special that you're the only person that God saved and didn't call. Now, you'd have to be like pretty special to say, you know, when God saved me, he actually didn't call me. Because according to scripture, we are all saved and called. Every person, look down your row, every one of those people are called. Do you know, even if you don't know Jesus, you don't even know it yet, but you're called. And you're still maybe going to find out what it is. So come on. We've got to be willing to be untied so that we can start to live the life of purpose that God's got for us. Do you know, someone asked me one day, Pastor Richard, why do people love to sin? And can I tell you why I believe people love to sin? Because they're just bored. They're bored. Do you know when you're bored? There's nothing else to do but sin. But when, you, when you're trying to plant campuses around the world, when you're trying to put on productions, do you know every time sin comes your way, you're like, I can't do that because I just want what I'm doing to prosper. Now, seriously, sometimes you've got to understand that what keeps you in prayer, what keeps you on your knees is living this big life knowing that you need God. Here's the big question to all of us today. Do you even need him? What are you doing with your life that you would say, God, I need you. I can't afford to be talking like that. I can't afford to be looking at that because I just need you in my life. 
Come on, I'm, I'm telling you, the reason why some of our young people are lost in sin because they don't have a, a purpose and a call. But I'm excited about this. Can you sort of tell I'm a little bit excited about this? I'm excited, please. Now listen, you need to hear me. Some of you are like, oh, this is such a great message for a young person. Well, I'm going to let you off the hook. Now, please, still love me here, right? But I'm going to let you off the hook. You can make that statement if you're 120. No, no, if you're 120, then you can officially make that statement. Maybe this message might not be for you. I would probably agree with you at 120. Get ready, you're going home. Right? How can you say that? Because Moses started his ministry at 80. And kept going until he was 120. So if Jesus and God had a call for Moses, then he's got a call for every person in this place. And you better give the Lord a huge round of applause about now because it's the truth, friends. It's the truth. Come on, a lot of people are choosing safety over purpose. They are. They're using safety. They're afraid to step out. But thank God this donkey didn't behave that way. You know, in Melbourne, it wouldn't happen here because you guys, luck, you guys love the Lord here. But, you know, in, Mel- in Melbourne, people are thinking that happiness comes through possessions. Well, if that's the truth, you know, multi-billionaires should be the happiest people on earth. But we all know that they're suiciding. Actually, a lot of them are giving it away because they're, they're discovering that it's actually not that it's, all cra- that it's cracked up to be. Happiness isn't found in possessions. It's not found in popularity. It's found in purpose, friends. Do you want to get some happiness? I can prove it to you. I can show you a woman that's living in LA, living in the largest home in LA, and she's depressed. I can take you to Africa, and I'll show you a woman who's living in dirt, on a dirt floor, but ministering to young kids, and she's found her purpose, and she's more happy than the lady living in LA. Come on, we've got to cut to the chase here. Come on, let's, let's learn some lessons from the donkey here. I just went to a wedding. I met a man named Paul, and for some reason, this man had, uh, he was running an accountant, accounting practices um, practices like he had a few of them um, but he's developed this condition in his eye he's got it's called floaters I've never really heard of this thing but apparently something happens to your eye and it got so bad that he literally had to retire because obviously being an accountant he's got to look at the numbers right so but fortunately fortunately his wife had taken out some uh, insurance policy um, that if something like that was to happen that he could literally retire and he would still be paid out for his work so at the age of 41 this man was being paid a lot of money a lot of money to simply do nothing and do you know what's funny about that I know a lot of people where that's their aim that's their goal is to re- listen isn't it true to retire at 41 and then not have to work well this guy was there he was in that place and he wasn't completely blind so he could still do life and you know what Ten years later, after doing nothing, do you know what he discovered? He lost his identity, didn't want to live anymore, and he literally was on the edge. His wife didn't even know, but he was going to kill himself. A man that you and I would say has got everything. He said, and I said to him, so Paul, what happened? He goes, Richard, I just needed some purpose. So he went and bought a house in Bali, and, and now he's, he lets missionaries stay there. In this, Some of you want to know where it is now, don't you? <laughs> And now he's got this, and now he's ministering to, to, to the Balinese, the people that can't afford to eat. And so now he's developed this whole program. So at 55, he's got more purpose now than he did at 41. So come on, somebody. What are you aiming at? What are you aiming at? To do, I just want to get to a place where I do nothing. It's a dangerous place. 
No, no, better you wake up every day and say, oh man, it's a bit tough sometimes and it's a bit lonely or whatever, but I've got some purpose in my life and I'm going to get it done. Come on, someone, give someone a high five. Come on, let's get untied. Let's get untied. Some of, you, some of you need to get untied to the wrong relationships. You know, you're, 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 t- you're literally tied to people that whenever you catch up with them, you leave worse than when you came. They, they attack your self-esteem. They attack your confidence. They gossip about different people. You always walk away feeling a little bit less than when you turned up. Untie yourself. Come on, make some tough decisions. Because I believe there is so much waiting for us. And, 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 I, think, and I think for some of us would say, but you know what? I, I'd, I'd love to get untied, but would God even use me? Would he even use me? I just want us to pay attention to something. Notice that he didn't choose a black stallion. Now, seriously, if I was the Messiah of the, of the world, what's, what's with this donkey bizzo? Like, I would have had a black stallion that stood up nine hands tall and, you know, and leaned with muscle upon muscle upon muscle. No, Jesus chooses his little furry donkey. Like, what's, what's up with that, Lord? Well, I think he did that for a purpose, guys. Number one, to teach us a lesson. You may not feel like a black stallion, but are you a donkey at least? Like, do you at least fit the donkey category? Well, I, I, I feel like I do. But, you know, you want to hear some, some interesting stats about donkeys and stallions? Yes, of course we do, Richard. Yes, of course we do. It would really help the message. Did you know that donkeys are stronger than any horse, it's the same size. Yeah, yeah. That's why they call donkeys a beast of burden. It, it can actually carry a burden. It can, yeah. So maybe that's got something to do with it. Do you know what? Did you know that donkeys do not startle easily, whereas a stallion, all it takes is a cap gun, and it, it totally gets distracted. Whereas a donkey, the biggest bang can go off and it goes, what happened? What happened? Did something happen? Hey, it's true. Cap gun, stallion. Donkey, cannon. What happened? Something happened. And that's what you need. Listen, listen. If you don't think this is important, you got pastors. You got donkey pastors. You got stallion pastors, right? No, seriously. Let's be honest. You got your donkey pastors. You got, and everybody loves the stallion pastor. COVID hits. And the stallion pastors don't know what to do. <laughs> Serious. Stallion Christians didn't know what to do. But the donkey, what, what happened? Did something happen? Yeah, the whole world's turned to nonsense. Yeah, but isn't Jesus still on the throne? Isn't God still up there? Nothing's really changed. Holy, uh, uh, did the Holy Spirit leave the earth? No. Oh, okay, then nothing happened. Yeah, I know, but like, you know, you can't work anymore if you don't get a new job. Who cares? Look, hasn't changed eternity. Do you think we're going to get to heaven and talk about COVID? <laughs> you, has, has the media deceived you that much? Do you think we're going to get to heaven and go, mate, wasn't it tough? We're just going to be going, can you believe we're not over there? That burning lake of fire. And we're going to be like, can you? Oh, we're so glad that we're here. Gee, we probably should have done a little bit more to get a few people from there to here, actually, is what we probably should have been doing, rather than all the nonsense. Amen? So come on. Why did Jesus choose a donkey? Because they're just, they're unfazed. 
Come on, he's looking for some unfazed donkeys in the room. And he, sorry, I'm not trying to belittle you by calling you a donkey, but I'm actually saying it's actually a compliment. <laughs> That's good preaching when you can call people donkeys and they're like, thank you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> now, seriously, can I just give you a, a, a list of who's who in the Bible of people that we often think, wow, these people are amazing. If, I, if only I could be like them. But the truth is, Joseph was abused by his own family. Isaac was a liar. Gideon was afraid. Abraham was too old. Timothy was too young. Noah was drunk. Jacob was a deceiver. Moses was a stutterer. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Job was a bankrupt. Jonah ran away from God. Elijah was suicidal. Naomi was a widow. A widow. Peter denied Christ. Three times, Thomas doubted. Martha was full of anxiety. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Timothy was sick with ulcers. Paul killed Christians. David was a murderer. And Lazarus was dead. <laughs> Could God use me? I don't know, can he use a dead man? Like, are you dead? No, well, he can use you. Come on, this is good news. Are there any donkeys out there? Please, come on. Come with me on a journey. Any donkeys? Great. Great. There's some donkeys in the room. So listen, some of us are like, okay, I'm willing to be untied. And if God can use me, then what do I do next? So what, what's up? So what do I do? How do I, how do I move forward then? Well, in Australia, we've got this, a particular term. It's a very theological term. And, and it's important that we stick with this term. But in Australia, we say something like this. When someone wants to achieve something for God, we say, have a go, you mug. <laughs> so, oh, that's a bit simple. Now, listen, listen, listen. Unfortunately, we couldn't get this up on the screen, so I'm going to read it to you. But I need you to pay attention to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. This is what the New Living Translation says. Are you ready? Okay, this is very spiritual. The Bible says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. Throw the dice, guys. Throw the dice. In other, in other words, just try something. Do you know what I find? I speak to many people. I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me. He told you already. You already called. What's in your heart now? Helen and I are still waiting for the call of God. Now, let me just tell you what's happening in our life first. So we've got a church in Melbourne that we planted 20, year, 20 years ago. We planted another church in Poznan. We're, we've now just recently partnered with a church in Adelaide, and we're about to plant another three churches, one in Melbourne City, one in Hanover in Germany, and another one in Poland, in Krakow, right? And I'm still waiting to hear the call of God to tell me to actually plant a church. I'm serious. I actually haven't heard the audible voice of God that says, Richard, plant thou church on thy... I've got my these and thous wrong. I've got it, right? Do you know, I actually haven't heard from God. But I have heard from God because he says, Go into all the world and go and make disciples of every nation. What more do I need than that? I believe his word. How can we say that we believe in God's word, but yet we're always waiting for that extra word? Why do you get to get the extra word and I don't? Now, listen, you know what? There's a whole lot of new people in this place. A lot of them don't have friendships. Maybe we could open up our home. 
have some people in there, love them, talk to them about the word of God, but we're waiting to hear from the Lord. You've already heard from the Lord. Go and love your neighbor. You've already heard. Like, what you, what, seriously, what are you waiting for? And some of us are going to literally be at our deathbed and we're going to think, wow, I never really got to hear from the Lord. And the Lord's like, are you kidding me? I told you that from the day you got saved that you were called. Come on, someone. I know this is a bit challenging right about now. But seriously, I just don't want you to miss it. I just don't want you to miss it, friends. What, what are you waiting for? Are you really waiting for that audible voice of God? Seriously, why do you get that? Why do you get that? And, and, and my proof of this is, do you remember the Apostle Paul? He just wanted to preach the gospel. And the Bible says he went into a city. And before he got there, the Holy Spirit said, not here. But he was on his way to a city. He obviously hadn't heard from God. He was just going there. And the Bible said, no, no, not here. So then he goes to another town and the, and the Holy Spirit says, not here. And then eventually he ends up in Macedonia. But you know what I get from those first two? He was having a go. He was just like, well, I've been told to go, so I'm going to go. But he trusted that if it's not the right thing, the Holy Spirit will say, no, no, not here. No, no. no. And I've always been waiting for the no, no, not here. That's what I'm, I'm not waiting for the go. I'm waiting for the no. Someone, yeah, yeah, some of you came to hear that today. Stop waiting for the go. You should be waiting for the no. It's not that. It's actually this. Are, are, you, are you with me today? Come on. This donkey, seriously, has got one up on us. Do you know, our church has got a cafe in it. It's a fully functioning Monday to Saturday cafe. Like full kitchen staff, four chefs. 20 staff, like it's amazing and it's in our church building, like imagine it right, right out there. And so we get the community coming, so I turn up on a Tuesday morning for example and there's 60 people having breakfast that I don't know. They're just, they're not our church people, our church people don't come because they never want to pay for anything so we've kicked them all out, get out of here, get out of here. Now, honestly, we didn't build it for our church people. We don't mind if they never come. It's not built for them. It's actually built for the community. So you know what? There's this guy. He comes in, and he's huge. I gather by his look, he's Middle Eastern or something. I've since discovered he's Iraqi. He's got the big, long black hair. He's massive. He's huge. He's got muscle upon muscles upon muscles. And he is completely tattooed, completely like fate, like on his eyelids. One says love, one says hate. <laughs> you don't quite know if he loves you or hates you when he blinks. You're like, do you love me? <laughs> Which one is it? He's sitting in the cafe. This guy looks scary. He looks scary. I don't, I, at this stage of my life, and I don't really intend to, I don't have a tattoo on my body. I've never been a gangster. I've never been to jail. That's not, what I've, that's not my story. I feel very unqualified. Are you hearing me? How do I relate to this guy? How do I relate to him? But the Holy Spirit says to me, are you, what are you waiting for? That's, that's all he says. What are you, he needs the gospel. So I'm like, oh, but couldn't you have chosen like a really scrawny looking kid with glasses? Like, why do I have to go talk to him? So I walk over. This is in our own cafe. I walk over and I'm like, g'day, mate. How you going? He looks at me like, why are you walking to, why, 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 why are you doing this? He looks at me and I said, mate, just want to let you know, I'm, I'm the guy that sort of runs this place and, 
And I just wanted to come and say hello. He goes, wow. He goes, people just don't do that because of the way I look. Right? So I shook his hand. I said, so where are you from? He tells me, sweetest guy you've ever met. Next day, brings his wife and little child. He goes, this is the guy I was telling you about. So I say hello to him and hello to her and hold their little baby and put him back. Two weeks later, he says to me, hey, I really like your people. So he's starting to meet some of the people now. I was up here. I heard that on Friday, he took eight kids to our youth group. (laughs) Right? Eight kids. And apparently right now, he's sitting in church. I didn't feel qualified. Are you hearing me? It's not like I could walk up to him and go, mate, yeah, I used to be a gangster too and look at my tats. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like the really clean skin, good guy. I was saved at 16, you know what I mean? Like, and, and this guy's looking like he just murdered someone. What's my point? My point here, listen, don't wait to be qualified. What are you waiting? I'm serious. I just gave you a whole list of, listen, we need to remember something. We need to remember that amateurs built the ark and professionals built the Titanic. (laughs) I'm not professional enough. Great. Maybe God can actually use you now. Now listen, come on. You are very unique, friends. Every single one of you are unique. Actually, you know, you are so unique. Let me tell you how unique you are. Apple and now Samsung and every other device out there, they, they think you're so unique that they've developed a software called facial recognition that you look at your phone and it opens for you. When I look into your phone, it doesn't open. Did you know if that phone did open when I looked at your phone, they could be sued for billions and billions of dollars. But they are so confident that you and I are so different to each other, that we are so unique, they just know there's no way my phone can be opened by you and you can't open. That's how unique we are. And I'm going to say something about your call. Your call is for you. No one else can fulfill your call. It's unique. It's as unique as your thumbprint. And if you're sitting back thinking, well, someone else can do it. No, that's your call. And we will imagine if everyone in this church steps up and gets untied. And then even though you're untried, you step into the call of God, then we will see God do what he wants to do in this community, in this church, in our youth group, in our Sunday school, whatever you guys call it. But if you're waiting for me and I'm waiting for you, and listen, that's just like me staring into your phone expecting it to open and it just won't. It just won't. We're all completely unique, friends. Now listen, which would also lead me to the fact of, listen, don't try and be someone else. You've you got to be uniquely you. Helen and I went to Florence, and some of you have been there maybe, and, and you know, um, in the square of Florence, you see the statue of David. You know, that the Michelangelo statue of David. And, and it's massive, and it's, it's incredible to stare at, but I was a bit shocked that nobody was taking photos of it. Like, I'm just thinking, oh, obviously people are just so used to this thing, no one cares. There was just a couple of people eating ice creams, not even looking at it. I'm thinking, wow, but this is the statue of David. This is what I've come for. And Helen and I just like bewildered, like, what is going on? Well, how come no one cares? And then we discover that it is an exact replica. The real one is in the museum. When we went to the museum, oh my gosh, you couldn't get anywhere near the thing. But they are identical. 
if you've ever seen them, they are identical. But no one's taken a photo of the replica. Everybody wants to take a photo of the real deal. Don't be tempted to be a replica of someone else. You just be who you are with all your stories and your background. Amen. Seriously, I think there's nothing worse when people are trying to replicate people. You know, sometimes people, even in our church, oh, Pastor Richard, I really love Joel Osteen. Oh, I love him too. It'd be great if you could preach a bit more like him. I go, what do you mean? Squint my eyes, smile a lot, put my hand up. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, everybody, it's, uh, oh, please. That's terrible. Preach more like T.D. Jake's Pastor Richard. I don't sweat like that. What do you want me to do? Like, I'd have to get water and seriously, like, put it on my head. <laughs> I just, that's not what I do. And how terrible, and you guys would all laugh, but you know, I think in the spirit realm, they all laugh when we're trying to be replicas instead of just being who we are called to be. Have I got some donkeys out there? Okay, well, donkeys, and I'm one of them, because we all need to be one. This young donkey was willing to be, I'm going to say it again, he was willing to be untied, although he was untried. And he was happy to put the saviour on his back. And when he walked down that street, people began to yell out, Hosanna, Hosanna. And God got his glory because a donkey said yes. Now, that donkey could have really got into his own head and thought, wow, look how magnificent I am. Everyone's saying Hosanna to me. (laughs) But we all know that it was the donkey. Uh, It was Jesus riding on the donkey, right? I would rather be a donkey with Jesus on my back than a stallion without the Savior. Amen? If, I, if I've just got to do what I've got to do and he'll use this donkey, as long as you're sitting on my back, Jesus, I don't care. As long as you're happy to get on this life and I'll take you wherever I can go. You know, I'm, I'm not the most well-articulated person. I'm not the most intelligent. But you know what? I don't think that's the qualification. It's a willing heart. It's a willing heart, friends, and a willing to just have a go. Is there anyone in this place that's just going to have a go? Amen. Would you all stand up on your feet, band? Would you come join me very quickly? Have I stirred you up a little? Young and old, rich, poor, free, slave. Makes no difference, friends. Just got to put your hand up and say, I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. Lord, if you're willing to use me. We've got an older couple in our church. They love the Lord. And honestly, I've heard this come out of, we call call this guy Big Tony G. And Big Tony G has said, you know what? Let's leave serving. I've literally heard him say this. I'm going to leave serving to the young guys. I've done my time is what he said, right? I said, Tony, I don't believe that until God takes you home. So we had two Polish couples come to learn how to plant a church. And we put them in Tony and Emma's house. These guys spent three months with us. We taught them so much. They went to Hillsong. They went to this place. They went that place. We, we showed them everything. We spoiled them. We, and push came to shove. I said to them, guys, you're about to get on a plane. What was your highlight of your trip here in Melbourne? I'm thinking it's going to be a message I preached. I'm thinking it's going to be the conference that they went to. I'm thinking it was whatever. They met, they met Brooke Fraser, Lida, whatever her surname is. You know, the lady that writes all the songs. Like, and that was, 
amazing. But, but, but they said, Pastor Richard, our highlight was just being with Tony and Emma and watching their marriage. I said, are you serious? And then they began to talk about it with tears in their eyes. I said, of everything you saw, Tony and Emma's house, (laughs) it changed their lives. Who would have seen that coming? Thank God Tony and Emma were willing to be untied. They've never done that before. They were also untried. Wonder what God can do with your life or your life or your life if you would just be willing. Are you with me, friends? Can I give you one last scripture and then I'm going to welcome you forward. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. I wanted you to be on your feet to see this. This is so powerful. This is the Apostle Paul speaking about the day we all go home. That's what he's talking about, right? He says, anyone, is it on the screen? Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Watch watch the materials you can build your life with. Watch it. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. He says, but on the judgment day, fire is going to reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone just barely escaping through a wall of flames. What's what's the Apostle Paul saying here? Have a look at the materials. He says gold, silver, and jewels, wood, hay, straw. These three things you find under the ground you can't see it with your eye these things are all above the ground you can see it with your eye he says the person who lives the life for the unseen world you're going to be rewarded the people who are just living for the seen world everything that you can see all the temporal stuff it's all going to be burned up friends please tell me that doesn't shock you you're not going to get to heaven. He's not going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have 13 investment properties. It's not evil. You're not going to be rewarded for it. But he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You came early to church to vacuum floors. God bless you. When no one was here to see you do it. Why did you do it? I did it for eternity, Lord. You're going to be rewarded. Friends, come on. We've got to get away from the temporal. We've got to get back into the eternal.